I'm Reverend Carla, and welcome to Spirituality Matters, a podcast that focuses on the intersection of spirituality and humanity. And now I invite you to settle in between this space where I am and there where you are. And let us be reminded that the holy transcends our physical bodies and our time together is just as sacred and meaningful as if we were sitting beside one another. Okay, let's get started. Today's episode is entitled Spirituality Light. How about spirituality done right? Five reasons spiritual but not religious is a sacred path. Now, as always, this podcast is inspired by my blog post for this week that you can find at RevCarla.com. Okay, so let's start by talking a little bit about what the term spirituality light means. It is a term used by some Christians to describe individuals who uh, don't attend church or don't adhere to organized religious practices. And it's meant to be an insult. Let's just call it what it is. It implies that these individuals, myself included, have a less profound or even a shallow connection to spirituality. But what it means is for us, it's actually what they intend for it to be an insult is actually not the way we see it at all. Spirituality is not confined to the walls of a church or a specific religious institution. And we find that freeing what they think is meant to be an insult in that you cannot have spirituality unless you are connected to some kind of organized religion, we see as something that is actually liberating for us. It, it's a deeply personal and authentic journey of the soul. And it allows many of us on this path to embrace uh, diverse beliefs and practices. So what Christians who say that are really saying is they're they're trying to limit us and basically marginalize us, if you will, to say that your experience is not authentic. But what happens is you're dismissing the vast spectrum of spiritual experiences and the unique paths that we, each individual on the spiritual but not religious path may walk. So true spirituality transcends labels and rich in rituals. True spirituality has less to do with the conduit through which you experience spirituality, which is what religion in its purest form should be. Religion should be a conduit. It should be a nurturer of your spiritual experience or your spiritual journey. It should be something to help you expand into your spirituality without being beholden to a certain set of beliefs to make that happen. So what ends up happening is that people become more hyper-focused on the dogma of their organized religion than actually experiencing authentic spirituality. I'm not saying that you can't have authentic spirituality inside organized religion. I'm saying for many of us, we found that it is more profound for us and more meaningful for us outside the construct of organized religion. So judgment and criticism towards those who explore spirituality outside of organized religion is really a contradiction to the core teachings of love, acceptance, and understanding. However, what ends up happening most times is that people make it their job to judge other people's 
paths as if that alone is enough to validate their own spiritual journey, that how I show up in my life and what I believe, you have the right to judge that. And that makes you more spiritual. Somehow you're getting brownie points for doing that. Someone's going to high five you in heaven for behaving that way. There, to me, it's just a contradiction. And I believe that it sits outside the core teachings of love and acceptance and compassion. Now, the one thing about being on the spiritual but not religious path is that there isn't one set of rules. There isn't one set of dogma beliefs, dogmatic beliefs, if you will, that we believe. What I believe many of us believe is that every individual spiritual path is valid and deserving of respect regardless of their participation in traditional religious practices. It can be that they do not participate at all and their spiritual journey is just as sacred and meaningful as, as anyone else. So trying to put everyone who is unchurched in this bucket of or, or label of spiritual light really is limiting. It's showing your ignorance, number one. And number two, what it really is doing is showing that you have such a bias against other people's spiritual journey and a favoritism for your own that you're unwilling to see how other people express their spirituality in their lived experiences. And that to me can never be reconciled with how we should really be showing up in our lives. So for, for many of us, the spiritual but not religious path is a way for, it, it gives us the freedom to explore and question and really authentically connect with the sacred in diverse ways. And that's what makes it so meaningful and sacred and holy for so many of us. It celebrates the diversity of human experiences and it recognizes that spirituality can be nurtured through personal connection through nature, through study, through retreats, through meditation, and various other practices, that there isn't one size fits all. And it's not your physical proximity to a church building or the fact that you're sitting in a church pew that makes you more spiritual. It's how you are changing inside. And then you in turn show up in your world, hopefully a better version of yourself for having experienced whatever your spiritual experience has been connected to your churched experience or unchurched experience. If it's not, then it's not working for you. That's that's the bottom line. This whole hyper-focus on weaponizing your beliefs and that's the way you show up in the world is not a healthy way to look at spirituality. I'm just gonna say it. Because for so many years, we have endured people's belief that they have the right to weaponize their beliefs and then expect other people to live by that mandate of their beliefs, but no more. Now, one of my former pastors had a favorite saying, he would say, you don't need church to get to heaven, but you can find heaven on earth in church. And that may be true for some people, but honestly, for so many of us, and I'm getting ready to do a video talking about, somebody wrote a song about how it was hell on earth to be in church. And that's something I have said before. And I'm not saying that to insult anyone else, but based on my lived experiences and the things that I experienced while in church, it came to a point where I had to leave because it was pure hell 
for me. So there are many ways you can find if you're looking for quote heaven on earth, that, that again, those kinds of phrases are really conflating what spirituality is really about. Oftentimes uh, this hyper-focus on salvation and getting to heaven minimizes this lived experience and how we show up in the world and how we interact with each other. And I am uh, a huge believer that our spirituality is more related to our humanity and that when we do that well and we do that right, heaven just takes care of itself. You're going to go, oh, wow, she really is spiritual light. No, I am not. We know so little about the afterlife. We know so little about what happens on this, on the other side of the heavenly veil. Do I believe in some kind of mystery that belongs there? Yes. Do I believe it looks like what my indoctrinated belief, that one silo of religious experience, that indoctrination that I received? No, I don't. Because I think every religious path, every spiritual practice, every spiritual discipline was trying to define that, was trying to figure out what happens after we die. And that you you put them all together and you get this beautiful harmony of stories that say, well, this is what I believe. What do you believe? Instead of creating this rigid dogma that says, no, only my way is the right way. And I have to do X, Y, Z while here to get there. So you create this hyper-focus. So saying things like, well, you can find heaven on earth by being in church. Well, that again is hyper-focusing on the fact that we have to be compliant to an organized religious experience when in reality, we can find heaven on earth in nature. We can find heaven on earth in community service. We can find heaven on earth in contemplative practice and meditation, in artwork, in traditional dance and caring for others, in our study and sitting on a Sunday morning with a book and our warm coffee beside us and taking notes, something that helps with self-reflection and restoration of the heart, mind, and soul to help balance us and bring us in to prepare us for our week ahead. There's many things that we can do. It's not about being guilted into one of them. It's about exploring what does our soul need? What do we need? How do we find heaven on earth? And if you're really lucky, you find those in many different places. So you'll often hear sometimes uh, people who who say spiritual light or you're just a spiritual light person, they'll, they'll also call you, well, you were, you're a scripture cherry picker or you never really had faith and you never were a real Christian. So you're better off out there. You never really loved Jesus. The church is really better off without you because you were always a tr troublemaker and your heart has hardened and you've simply turned away from God. And I'm sure you you, if you're listening to this, and you've gone through some of those experiences, you also have things that you can add to that list because that is just a sampling of the things that have been said to some of us who have decided that we want to be unchurched and we're better off for it. And I'll be honest, I didn't leave thinking I was permanently leaving church, never did. I don't even think I knew when I was ordained in 2017, I didn't know that I was leaving church even though I was very much on a spiritual but not religious path, I still was and am connected to my Christian religious heritage, but in a completely different way. And to be able to be inspired by it 
and still connected to it and, and stay, remain unchurched has been challenging, but it's been so rewarding that I, and, and so gratifying for me. And, and I'm so glad that I listened to my inner knowing that told me that that was the valid path for me. So the one thing that is happening here is that you see that constantly we who are unchurched and we're out here telling our stories, whether we're, whether we're telling our stories of religious abuse, spiritual manipulation, gaslighting, deconstructing, or just finding the beauty and wisdom in being unchurched and, and living on the spiritual but not religious path, we're being attacked. And those are the kinds of things, like I said, that we were, you know, we cherry pick scripture, heathens, whatever else you want to call us. We've been, and I say that with a smile because at this point in time, their words have no power over me, but that took a lot of time to get there. But why can't they leave us alone? Why? Why can't you stay on that side of your social media? Why can't you, you can preach to your masses. No one's over there going into your social media accounts to tell people they're wrong. No one's over there saying any of that, but they have to come over here and flood our comments and report our content and send the most vitriolic, hateful emails and, and private messages. Why do you think they have to do that? It's because they, they're being taught to, they're being indoctrinated to it. I actually had someone tell me that their church taught them how to mass report. That's like part of their duty for God is to report content like mine. So it will get taken down and they feel like that's something that's helping their serving their spirituality. So why do they care? Why are there so many pastors out there talking about deconstructing and trying to spin the story into something that says, if you're deconstructing outside of that leads you outside of church where you're doing it wrong. Why are they doing this? Why are they getting ahead of it and writing books about deconstructing? Why are they doing it? Because they're scared. They know our numbers are growing. If you spend time on Pew Research Center site, they have a wonderful website. You can go in and you can see that one of the largest and fastest rising groups is the spirit, is those people who are seeking spirituality outside of organized religion. So if those people are seeking spirituality outside of organized religion, guess what? They're not in church on Sunday. They're not tithing. They're not providing free labor. So this is concerning because who's going to pay the bills? Christianity, even though you hear about these mega churches all the time, and they, there's, there's many of them across the country, they're not bringing in new people. They're sliding people over from the smaller, more established churches because the data clearly shows that Christianity in America has been on an eight decade decline. And if it continues on this decline, we Christianity will not be the majority religion in this country. Now we can go down a rabbit hole here and talk about what's happening in America with politics, but that's what the white Christian male who's always been at the top of this patriarchal structure knows. And that's why they're trying to influence politics so much right now. But we don't have time today. We're talking about the spiritual but not religious path. And here's the truth about this. No matter how much they want to try to report our content, no matter how much they want to say that you can only do it this way and their way is the right way, spirituality is not confined to the walls of a church. It is not confined 
to a set of dogmatic beliefs or rituals or doctrines. It's an expansive, boundless experience that transcends religious labels and dogma. It's a journey of the soul and it's meaning for people takes, it takes different form. So I like to say we've discovered this rich tapestry of spiritual wisdom and practices that resonate with our hearts and souls. And no, this is not about appropriating other beliefs because what we often are doing, we're doing in private. We're doing our studies in private or we're, we're creating study groups that are off the, the radar so we can we can study together. We are integrating practices that come from our ancestral heritage or from people who give us permission and show us how to create those uh, practices and integrate them into our own spirituality. And we have definitely, by doing all of this, we have released the belief that only one faith holds the exclusive truth. So it's a beautiful journey to explore ancient traditions, to learn about our own ancestral and religious heritage, to dive into different teachings, including the Eastern philosophies, be inspired by all the mystical teachings that at one time we were told were satanic, even though they're a part of our own Christian tradition. So what we know about the spiritual but not religious past. So for those of you who are looking for words, let's just talk a little bit about why I believe that the spiritual but not religious uh, path is a sacred path. Because number one, we have come to understand that spirituality is not a one-size-fits-all endeavor. It is deeply personal and intimately connected to the sacred. It's a dance of the soul that unfolds uniquely for each individual. And that's why some people find solace in communities. Some people find solace in meditation and contemplation, while other people just spend time in nature and it's all sacred and it's all meaningful. Number two, it's a journey outside the church because we have discovered a profound sense of liberation. And I want to pause here for a minute because you can still, if your church, there are churches out there who encourage this kind of intimate experience with the sacred, you can still be churched. This isn't saying that in only for you to be spiritual, but not religious, you have to be outside of church. That is absolutely not what I'm saying. I'm saying that I'm unchurched and I'm on the spiritual, but not religious path, but there are people who are churched and still seek spirituality outside of the construct of their organized religion. Oftentimes, if you're in a high control religion, however, you do not have that choice. You only can be in the dogmatic belief of that religious structure, and that's it. But for many of us, we no longer feel bound by rigid doctrines or the fear of eternal damnation. That's what happens when you begin to let all of that go, and we dive into questioning and exploring and embracing the fullness of not only our being, but the mystery of the sacred, of the holy, whatever name you have. For God, we no longer are afraid of someone telling us that we have a doubter's mind because we have questions and we embrace number three, we embrace direct experiences of the divine. This means that we honor the sacred because it encourages direct experiences. And that's going to look very different paths. And depending on your lived experiences, depending on your indoctrinated beliefs, depending on the work that you're doing for deconstructing, all of that's going to look different. 
oftentimes when I come together with people, we're not there to, to debate our beliefs. We're there to do something in common that helps enrich our souls. So I don't need to know what you think about end times rapture theology or Jesus's resurrection or which way is the right way. I'm here to help you. What is it that you need now for you to help return to your world as a better version of yourself? And number four, we integrate spirituality into everyday life. We understand that this path that we're on recognizes the sacredness inherent in everything that we do, every breath that we take. So integrating these spiritual pr principles into all aspects of our existence, that's how we begin to foster this holistic and mindful approach. And number five, we have no need to explain our beliefs. That's a big one. And oftentimes so people say, so do, what do you even believe anymore? And if it's said with that kind of sarcasm, I'm not answering it. Now, sometimes I will, I will answer questions about where I am with uh, a patriarchal God, because I've deconstructed from that, what I believe in the Holy Spirit, what I believe in heaven, as I shared earlier here. But what happens is when you start to require someone to explain their beliefs in order to decide their validity for being spiritual, that disregards the diverse and intricate nature of spiritual experiences. So we want to allow individuals to define their own sets of beliefs and values. And that's, that's what's so important. And we also want to, I forgot what number I'm on. I think I'm on number five. We respect personal growth and evolution. And evolution is a really scary word, especially for those of us who came from this literal understanding of the, of the Bible and where the world really was created in seven days and where we have everything that happened in the Bible happened, literally all these things really happened. And then now all of a sudden we're out here trying to figure out, well, no, we, I can, I can pull myself away from that belief system and actually look through the history of time and understand that evolving is a sacred journey. That's what the Bible was really doing. It was showing us that this is what people understand now when they wrote those words and we were invited to continue to tell the story. And as we evolve and change and the world becomes smaller because we're more interconnected, we understand elements of our humanity that we didn't understand thousands of years ago. That's why we don't have human sacrifices to think that we have to please the gods. Even the graphic words that were written in the Bible about the smell of human flesh being pleasing to God as he instructed his people to mow down their enemies, those things are irrelevant here. At least, my God, I hope they are. We don't treat each other that way. That's what the evolution of our, of our self-awareness and our connectivity, our human connectivity is about now. So remember, being spiritual but not religious does not imply that we don't seek future understanding of our faiths, that we understand our spirituality, that we understand our human connection. But it's also not a passive belief system. So in other words, many of us came from this place where we are, we believed that we had to be submitted, submissive to church authority, right? We came from this place where we had to be submissive. And 
from there, then when you come out of that and you're trying to deconstruct from it, you're often looking for something to replace that because that still feels normal. So people will hear that you're on this spiritual, but not religious path. And they immediately assume that you, there's a passive approach to some of the things that you believe. So in other words, it might be like, you're, you're not expected to have strong boundaries around things because your faith, your belief and your spirituality kinds and ebbs and flows, but it's quite the opposite spiritual, but not religious is oftentimes about learning to stand in your power. It's about spiritual empowerment. One of the things I just, I did a live the other night with Rosie, North Omaha cat lady on TikTok. And she asked me to talk about spiritual religious trauma. Then she said, please talk about boundaries too. And it was like, intuitively, she knew that the two are connected because oftentimes when we come from these high control religions, we don't have boundaries. And learning to have those boundaries is such an important part. So the soul work, or they they might call it shadow work, the self-development, personal development, whatever words you're going to put around it, become an integral part of your spiritual journey when you're on the spiritual but not religious path. This is hard work. And that's another reason that it becomes intimidating for those still trying to fund a high control religion. Because if you're learning ways to empower yourself and you start to learn what gaslighting really is, and you start to learn like I'm being manipulated or someone is demanding something of me that I'm not comfortable with. And now you have your words and you understand that you can be spiritual and that you can walk a sacred path and your body and yourself is holy just as it is. And you can learn to have boundaries and say no without being subjected to that. That's intimidating for those leaders. So it's important to know that this inner, this, this spiritual growth is intricately connected to our mental and our emotional growth as well. Okay. I want to say something because I know that this is, this is also something that you, you hear me talk anytime you're talking about the spiritual, but not religious path, you're talking about any kind of religion or belief. It's often implied that we are judging what other people believe. And I want to say this again, I only challenge or will push back when your faith, it has become weaponized and you believe that you have the right to mandate what other people think, believe, feel, who they love, how they should vote, what they study in school based on your beliefs. That is religious oppression. I will never stop and try to talk somebody out of believing in end times theology if that's serving their spirituality. I will never start telling somebody, oh, you, you, you don't need to go to church. You don't need to do that. Why are you doing that? I would never do that. If that serves your spirituality, go. But once a person has left and they're looking for what do I do now, that's who I'm here to talk to. And you will hear me say, oftentimes, like, I'm not telling you that you won't go back. If going back, if getting, if, if healing of the elements of healing and peeling back some of those indoctrinated beliefs that no longer serve your highest good, if that's what you get from being out here to be out of the church system for a while, and then you want to return, then good for you, dear one. That's not my journey. So spiritual, being spiritual 
but not religious isn't about trying to convince you what you need to believe and how you need to go. That's oftentimes too, we were taught that we needed to look for that leader that will tell us what to believe, how to worship, how to tithe, how to volunteer our time. That's not what we're doing out here. We're going to help you discover those things for yourself. How, what's, what do you, what does your soul need? That's the big question. And you start moving towards the answers. I just want to say one final thing for those who have left church. It's easy to feel isolated and judged. And I just want you to remember that you are not alone. There are many of us out here and we are seekers and we're explorers and we're truth seekers and we're healers, we're wisdom keepers, and we're all defining spirituality for this new time that we're in. It's going to continue to change. I really do believe that the Christian church, the foundation of the Christian church will never be the same. People who are still trying to hold on to the way they've done business in the past are going to find out that their band-aids aren't working. I really believe that. And that could be a whole podcast in and of itself. But those who are feeling that urge to move beyond that, just know that you your feelings are valid. There are many of us who answered that call. And I want to encourage you to em- embrace your journey with courage and resilience. Stay here long enough to figure out exactly what it is that you're wanting, because it's in this, what I call the spiritual wilderness, this unknown, where we often discover our truest selves, where we do the deepest work on our healing spiritual journey. So I hope that we all find the freedom to follow our hearts. I encourage you to continue to question whether you're churched or unchurched, and I hope you find the wisdom to embrace the interconnectedness of all of us. Because until we do that, I will continue to believe that religion is flawed. And and even those kinds of beliefs happen for people who are outside of church. I'm not saying that as well, but the vast majority of that judgment and division is coming from organized religion. So I want to see a time when we can celebrate the diversity of spiritual paths and honor the unique journey of each soul. And may love, compassion, and understanding be the guiding forces that unite us all on this beautiful, mysterious, and awe-inspiring spiritual journey. Okay, you beautiful souls, thank you for listening. You can watch the uncut version of today's episode on my YouTube channel, Spirituality Matters with Rev. Carla. And you can always connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and at my website at revcarla.com. And be sure to be checking my website. There's going to be lots of information coming soon where you can find me in live teachings and memberships. I'm so honored to be in this space with you. Go in peace and be at peace. Go in love. May you be loved. Go and know that others are on this journey with you and you are not alone. You are seen and deeply and unconditionally loved just the way you are. Blessings on your week and I'll see you soon.